It's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. Hi, everybody. You know, I thought I'd start today with a quick trivia question for you. What industry was worth about $93 billion this past year, but is expected to hit $440 billion by 2026? Well, no, 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 not cryptocurrency. That could be it too, but if you guess the global cosmetics industry, you are correct. You know, the beauty industry from you know, $4 lipsticks to all kinds of hair and makeup and beauty products and perfume is one of the largest industries in the world, and it's only expected to grow exponentially. But before a majority of you men who might be listening tune out, it doesn't matter. This story absolutely transverses across every single person's life. You will love this story because Anastasia Sor is the founder and CEO of Anastasia Beverly Hills, but she grew up in Romania and immigrated to the U.S. in 1989. And when she did so, she did not speak the language. She had no money because back then you were not allowed to bring anything with you. And she did not have the means to learn English. She was trained in architecture, but again, she, she couldn't pay for English classes and then pay to pass her exams all over again in English. So she taught herself English by watching Oprah uh-huh, and then created a job for herself working on the architecture, not of buildings, but of the face, specifically creating the perfectly arched eyebrow. Operating out of a tiny storefront in L.A., she single-handedly created an entire industry brow shaping. Today, Anastasia Brow Studios are in 2,000 locations around the world. And yes, the immigrant who learned English by watching Oprah now does Oprah's eyebrows, among other scores of celebs. How did the eyebrow queen shape her own success? Let's bring her in. I am so honored to have Anastasia here on Everyone Talks to Liz. Hi, Anastasia. Hi, Liz. Thank you so much for inviting me to be on your show. Oh, my God, of course. You know, I should say right off the bat, I am partial to Anastasia. We've been friends for, I don't know, 20 years because she does my brows in Beverly Hills and I won't let anybody else touch them. But it's so great, great to have you here because your story is so unbelievably inspirational. I want to start, though, by going back to Romania. You know, Romania back then was run by the lovely and charming not Nicola Ceausescu, who was basically a dictator, horrible person, right? You knew you wanted to leave, right? Since I was 18, I knew that I wanted to leave Romania and come to United States. Why? Um, because uh, I it started slowly and, and it ended up around late 70s, early 80s in such a bad shape that there were was no food in the supermarket we didn't have electricity we didn't have heat we, it was impossible to leave to you had to be in line to buy bread even you didn't have milk for the kids uh, it, it was impossible and you couldn't say anything because they will throw you in jail and i knew that i wanted to leave and go to United States. Unfortunately, I couldn't 
leave the country. So my husband was ship captain and he defected in Italy, asked for political asylum at the American embassy. He came here and I had to wait three years to come. Oh, and three years. And then when you got to go, you weren't allowed to take anything with you, right? Yes. The good part was that those three years, he suggested I should go to beauty school. So I used that time and I went to beauty school. This is how it all started with beauty because he suggested that um, is the only job that I could get not speaking the language. Got it. So he yeah. really kind of guided you and said you may as Correct. well this time yes. properly. Mm-hmm. I want to drill down a little bit on life in Romania. You mentioned that you couldn't say anything, right? I mean, they had secret police. This was serious Soviet communistic, horrible, uh, just a weight over everybody's shoulders, right? Yes, yes, absolutely. I, I remember the other day, a friend of mine actually reminded me, it was a joke in Romania when you used to go to a restaurant, people used to smoke and they said, don't spit on uh, in the ashtray because the microphones will rust. So... <laughs> That was the regular job. So they would listen whatever you were. And um, unfortunately, it was very suppressed society at that time. Your mom was running a business, right? She was a tailor. Um, and yes. That's sort of where you learned to sustain yourself, have your own business, entrepreneurial spirit, if you will. Yes, I watched my mother that run her business in a society that you are not allowed to have your own business. But because uh, she used to make uh, clothes for all the wives of uh, um, the communist uh, leaders, uh, she kind of, nobody looked, and and she had like a a free pass (laughs) by doing that. They all loved her, but I I was able to watch her, her work ethic, um, the love that she had for her customers, how much she wanted her customer to look beautiful. She will do makeovers, actually. She will bring the hairstylist. She will bring a makeup artist. She will do anything possible just to have, let's say, a bride and her family, all the women in the family, to have a beautiful look and they look the best. So I, I, I witnessed that and I learned without even knowing. I learned everything from my mother. It must have been so hard leaving her and leaving everything you knew in Romania, even though you were excited and had this this great opportunity to come to America. That must have been still really scary, Anastasia. Um, Liz, I have to say I had a huge family. And um, when I arrived here, without speaking the language, knowing nobody, it was probably for the first six months I cried nonstop because it was so foreign. Everything was foreign for me. I didn't know anybody. I didn't know anything. It's almost like I will send you right now uh, with Elon Musk uh, on Mars and I will say, Liz, (laughs) go and figure out and start a business and survive there. This is how it was for me because we're so enclosed in Romania. We didn't have TV to, I mean, we had TV, but we watch only communist propaganda. We, we didn't know anything. If I would get a Vogue magazine, I would, would be like a treasure. And I had to close the, the doors and the drapes and to watch it because somebody could see it and they would report me to the police. So it was difficult, I have to say. What surprised you the most? And I'm, I'm interested in, in 
just the basic mundane things in life, the choices on the store shelves in the market. Oh, the the first thing I went to a supermarket and remember I left when the, the, we had small like markets and they were empty. The shelves were empty. And I went to a Ralph's at that time or Hughes and, I, I couldn't believe, I could not believe the amount of, of vegetables and fruit and, and items on the shelves. And I, I was overwhelmed. And then I went to a department store and Bullock's. I remember close to our apartment was sure. a Bullock store. And um, because in Romania, even at that time, everything was made to order. That's why my mother was so successful with her tailor shop. You couldn't walk in a store to buy uh, a dress or a pair of shoes. Everything was made to order. Somebody, you will have a shoemaker that will make our shoes or our bags. So it was overwhelming for me. It was really, and the freeways and and everything was very interesting, though. So you stayed home, though, to learn English. You just sat in the house and watched. I stayed home for three months. I went to, uh, in the Valley was um, um, a school that will will kind of offer free uh, English classes. And uh, for three months, I went there and um, I had to, I got a job. Thank God. One of the uh, Romanian lady that I met here uh, was pregnant. So she needed to take three months off and she um, asked me if I want to replace her. Because uh, when she will come back, I had to leave, but she was afraid that but being gone for three months, they will replace her. Mm-hmm. So it was a great experience for me. I wanted to, to learn. And it was uh, absolutely, uh, I, I, I consider that an incredible gift. And probably I will never forget. Mm-hmm. That somebody gave me a chance, and I I will always continue to give chance to other people because I think this is how we should be. We people we should help each other, women, men doesn't matter. Uh, somebody gave me a chance, and I want to give somebody else a chance too. So as you're as you're learning and perfecting your craft, how did you end up in Beverly Hills? Um, the ladies that I worked for, they were wonderful. And I worked there for a year and a half. And I was surprised that nobody paid attention to eyebrows. In Romania, I used to go to my esthetician. She would do my facials. And before she would do my facial, she would tweeze my eyebrows. And I kind of realized at that time that, wow, my art teacher always said, if you want to draw a portrait and you want to change an emotion, you change eyebrows. And when I looked at pictures of myself when I lived in Romania, I had pencil thin round eyebrow because that was the, the fashion. And I looked surprised and I thought like, I need to fix my eyebrow based on that. So I started going to the library because we didn't have a computer. And um, I started taking all the Leonardo da Vinci books and kind of uh, refresh my memory about uh, the golden ratio um, mm-hmm. technique that he used in all his art and all his um, work. And uh, I started applying to eyebrow. I wanted to to find out what will be the perfect shape for my face. Mm-hmm. 
So that was the moment when slowly I start developing, without even thinking, developing this technique on how to shape eyebrow according everybody's bone structure and natural shape. How was that welcomed or not by people for whom you worked at the time? Because again, you're talking about a time where people talked about facials and they did makeup, they did hair, but they did ignore the eyebrow. Yes. So um, I, I shared that with the owners and they didn't believe that that could be a service. The client will not want that service. Uh, oh, everybody's tweezing their eyebrows. This will not be a service that the client will pay. And I said, it's important. This is so important. Eyebrows, it's one feature on our face that could change completely our look. So I decided at that time to rent a room and open my own business. So I went one Sunday home. I went, I bought LA Times and I said, I'm going to look for a room to rent in a uh, salon, but only in Beverly Hills. So I found this uh, Juan Juan salon across the street from Neiman Marcus and Sachs. And I rented a room. Uh, I Then I, I bought a huge bouquet with flower the next day, which was Monday. I went to the owners. I thanked them so much because I learned so much from them and for the opportunity they gave me for a year and a half to be there and to learn. And then uh, I rented uh, that room and I start doing not only facial and body waxing, but I start doing eyebrows. And it became in two years, the best kept secret in Hollywood. Uh, I mean, validated my work by the biggest celebrities, the uh, every every uh, uh, supermodel that was in, on cover of every magazine, and that in the nineties, the, they were most of the covers were supermodels. Oh, sure. Uh, and uh, and actresses, Michelle Pfeiffer, Faye Dunaway, uh, um, Jennifer Lopez. I mean, this was incredible to work with and not only them but their agent their pr their sister there was like the the best kept secret and it became um word of mouth they were the ones that they start sending me clients i started getting clients and by 94 i was working probably six days a week 18 hours a day and uh, on sundays i used to do house calls and uh, I <laughs> save money. I save money because one day, one the lady that rented the room next to me was from Poland, Yolanda, and she came one day, November 16. I will never forget. And she said, "Oh, today is my birthday." And I said, "Yolanda, you for how long you work here?" And she said, 20 years. I'm turning 60 today." And I thought, like, oh my God, I, 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 I cannot do this for 20 years. Still be my, I came here and I sacrificed so much for way more than this. So I said to myself that day, I'm going to go open a salon in Beverly Hills and I have, a, I'm going to make a product line. And this is what I did. I rented a, a room in, um, I mean, a room. I rented a salon, 438 North Bedford, which is still today the salon. And um, it wasn't easy. The owner didn't want to rent it, the space for me because he thought that I would not be able to pay rent uh, doing eyebrows. And I had to spend two hours to convince John that um, is, uh, it's, I'm going to make it. 
And I, I, I always, my ultimate tool was, I'm an immigrant, and I'm sure your, yourself, your parents, your grandparents were immigrants. Somebody gave them a chance. Please, please give me a chance. So uh, he gave me a chance, and it became an overnight success. And uh, then I started working on the makeup line. And the 2000, we launched in 20 Nordstrom's the line and it uh, from there in 207 we launched in sephora ulta macy's bloomingdale nordstrom still all we have browse studios as well not only products and uh, we are in 35 countries around the world I, oh, I, yeah so that's why i wanted to really talk about how it began to snowball but the supermodel mm-hmm. moment really helped because at the time in the 90s, it was Naomi yes. Campbell and Cindy Crawford. Yes. And Stephanie of, Seymour. Stephanie yes. Seymour. Yes, yes. These these racehorses of beauty Horses. that were just unbelievable. Yeah. And and they they found you. So these are New Yorkers. They would come all the way to L.A. and, and have their brows done by you. Well, they were here because most of the photo shoots, they were here. They were working. And uh, their agent was here, the booking agent and the agent. I started working with the agent. I didn't know who the agent was. I will never forget that the first time when this incredible, gorgeous 21-year-old Cindy Crawford walked into my room. And I thought, this is impossible. Nobody could look as beautiful as this one. Who is this woman? <laughs> and I didn't know who she was because I came from Romania. We didn't have magazines. And um, later on, I, I found out was Naomi Campbell. I mean, uh, Cindy Crawford and then Naomi Campbell and Stephanie Seymour. And they were just gorgeous. What can mm-hmm. I say? I mean, they are absolutely incredible beautiful kind to me they all love me help me promote my work so um, it was incredible we're not done yet we'll be back in a moment we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed if you need to hire you need indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast ditch the busy work use indeed for scheduling screening and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use indeed to hire great talent fast and listen Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Clayman. Just go to Indeed.com slash Clayman right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Clayman. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The first major print mentioned that changed everything. You know, you talk to people and say, oh, somebody wrote a little blurb about me in the New York Post or somebody wrote and mentioned that I was a place to go to in times or whatever. Do you remember that moment? Oh, of course, of course. In 1994, Marina Ross, that was an editor. 
Marina Rostad-Volk, she wrote two pages, almost like a novel about Anastasia, because she came to interview me. She said, Ed, I just moved here and you are the best kept secret. Everybody's talking about you. I want to write a story. I said, and she had gorgeous, beautiful, thick eyebrows. I said, well, I, I need to do your eyebrows. Like, oh, no, no, nobody touches my eyebrows. Like, then I'm sorry, you cannot write about me if I don't do your eyebrows. So she <laughs> was afraid. Then, of course, she became obsessed with her eyebrows. And she wrote a beautiful story, two pages, in November issue of 1994 of Vogue. A few pages uh, before my article was uh, an article that she wrote for Kevin O'Quan, the book, that is still the Bible, yes, making faces. So Kevin O'Quan was talking how important eyebrows were. And a few pages later, you read about Anastasia. And I think that was a pivot point in my career uh, when everybody, everybody in in the uh, uh, publishing world start kind of paying attention mm -hmm. because if you remember before 94 nobody i mean except allure magazine you will not see a section on beauty allure was the only magazine that was invented i mean they, they launched just everything was fashion exactly and lifestyle but fashion mostly so then slowly because i started doing every editor's, uh, um, major editor's eyebrows, they start talking and adding uh, beauty in uh, in their section. But it was uh, absolutely an incredible experience. Global. You obviously needed to expand first in the U.S. So yes. how did that happen, going beyond the Bedford Drive storefront, which I know and love because that's my hometown and that's where yeah. I found you? Well, uh, in 2000, because the, the amount of press that I used to get, uh, I was working with so many celebrity. Nordstrom came in and they wanted to have the product line in their store. And I will never forget, I went to a meeting for Nordstrom's um, uh, and there were maybe 15 people. Uh, and I went there, just me, I think, and maybe one of my salesperson and, with a brow kit the five vitam brow kit. And I tried to convince them to do service in their store. Number one, because um, at that time, women didn't know they have to put powder in their eyebrows. Number one. Number two, it eyebrows is challenging. It's not that easy. So uh, the early 90s was the Pamela Anderson uh, period where everybody had wanted pencil thin eyebrows. And I, I was trying to convince them to let their eyebrow grows or their eyebrows should be thicker. And um, they didn't want, they, they were not convinced. So I said, can you please allow me to do one eyebrow to this lady? So it was a, a, a lady with very light eyebrows, but she had good eyebrows, but was very light. You couldn't see her eyes because the eyebrow was so blonde. So I did one eyebrows in two minutes and I, I sold the, the idea. I said, <gasps> it's very important because you see how I did it. Mm -hmm. The client is going to come every three weeks. And it's not easy to bring a customer every three weeks back into the store. Mm -hmm. And I know myself, if I go in the store, I, I will pick a lipstick. I will pick something because we are an impulse buyer on mm -hmm. beauty. 
So this is how uh, we launch in Nordstrom with the service as well. And we still have services in all the Nordstroms around the country. And uh, in 2000, from 2000 to 2007, we start building the, the, the clientele and the service and the awareness for the products. I used to work in the salon Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. And after sat, my last client on Saturday, I will take a red eye. Uh, I will go to around the country, Nordstrom, to promote the brand. So Sunday and Monday, I used to do events in, the, in Nordstrom's. And this is how I start building the clientele, bringing awareness. And of course, in 98, when the goddess, the most influenced person in America, in the world, forget yes. about it. Yes. The original influencer, Oprah Winfrey, had me on her show. Okay, was- stop. Just stop. You learned years earlier how to speak English by watching her on TV. Yes. And, and I told her the story. Me. Yes. Um, what was that like, Anastasia? Uh, you know, I think this is the, the way I felt was like, uh, um, I understand how when an actor gets an Oscar and how they feel <laughs> it was, I, do you understand? I was watching and I remember my husband joking. He used to say, I don't understand why you are watching this lady because you don't understand English. And as a joke, I used to say, well, I need to learn to how she asked questions because one day I'm going to be on her show and I need to know how to answer. And that was the joke. Okay. In the family, like, okay, again, she's watching uh, Oprah because she needs to learn the the question. Well, believe it or not, Mm. what you put in the universe is going to (laughs) happen. And it did happen. If you add manifest so much work to it, which brings me to the makeup line and the Brushes everything that you have now. How many people do you, little Anastasia from Romania who didn't speak any English and had no money in her pocket, how many Americans do you employ today? Um, we employ so many. I mean, not only in the United States, internationally as well, because we are a global company, but I should say right now over 300. Wow. Yeah, it's incredible. And not only I employ that many people, but having a presence on Instagram, mm-hmm. I try not only on Anastasia Beverly Hills, but on my personal Anastasia Suarez to motivate people to uh, let them believe in their dream. And and uh, yes, two days ago, I posted a, a video, uh, a selfie with the um, talking about working out because I work really seriously out. Mm-hmm. I do f- three, four miles uh, walking, power walking, and I do weights. So motivating them because I think it's important to be healthy, to be able to work harder on your dream. Mm-hmm. And I get on my DM so many people like, you motivated me. I lost 20 pounds. I'm so happy. Thank you so much for doing that. Because, and I feel like, I have to share my life with people that they follow me because I want to be an example. I want to motivate them. I want to to make them understand that a dream, it's great, but you need to work it, to fulfill it, to make it a reality. It take, takes a lot of work. It's not easy, but right. anybody could do it. 
Well, the expression is you got to grow a backbone, not a wishbone. Yes. Exactly. Oh, I didn't know that, but I'm going to use it. Don't just sit there wishing. Yes. Never dream harder for something than you will work for it. And that is exactly what you have done. I look at you as such an inspiration, Anastasia, because what a lot of our listeners want to hear is how many roadblocks you came up against and how frightening at certain points it was to try and build this business. Was there a moment ever where you thought, I'm going to go under, I I can't make payroll or who knows what? I mean, when you were expanding, that's when it starts to get scary. Uh, Liz, I don't think was a week where I will not go home and I will think I can do this. <laughs> I, I, I don't think I could do it. This is too hard. I, I, it's very hard. I used to work nonstop. Uh, I used to have to do my own accounting. I mean, I did it all. I started, I started the makeup line with one person. <laughs> and I was doing eyebrows. I was traveling. I was doing a part-time job remodeling homes and sell them to to be able to make the cash to to pump into the company to have uh, <laughs> cash flow. I mean, I was working nonstop, nonstop. And I used to come home and I used to say to myself, "I, I can't do it. This is too hard. This is uh, it's hard." It's very well, how did you get over those fright? Moments? I will wake up. It's like Mahatma Gandhi always said, I go to bed and I die and I wake up the next morning alive. And this is what will happen with me. I will like, I cannot give up. I cannot give up. My, I came here. I sacrificed so much. I'm going to do it. Uh, and, and I understand and I think I relate and a lot of immigrants are relating to my story because we all feel like we sacrifice so much to come here Mm. and we have to do it. And we work really hard, but the way I look at is I'm so lucky to have the opportunity to work so hard, to be able to do something, to build something. There are not many countries that you have this opportunity. You could work as hard as you want, but there are not that many opportunities. Is the American dream still alive? I believe so. Of course, it has to be alive. It has to be alive. Um, remember, when I started, there were different problems, different uh, impediments that I had. Now, they are totally different. Mm-hmm. So I think it's a balance always. Yeah. When I started, I couldn't get a credit card, a $500 credit card, because I didn't have a, a credit. My mother didn't have a credit. Like, I couldn't get a credit card. Now, you could get a credit card um, every day. They throw at you with credit cards. Um, well, to get somebody to invest in me, absolutely. Mm-hmm. I used to make a million uh, in EBITDA and still people didn't want to invest in my company. I used to ask, it's a, almost a joke. I have friends that uh, I used to say, like, do you remember when I asked you to invest in my company? And you know, <laughs> like, ah, you're just like eyebrows. Yeah, yeah. Tough, to, tough to convince banks on any given yeah. day. Now it's a lot easier. Now you have the social media. Now you post, you do things. It's a lot easier. So I think... It's a give and take, you know, there are advantages and disadvantages today. And and maybe they were different when I started, but they were the same amount of 
disadvantages and advantages. Well, in the end, though, it was your engine within you that continued. Even yes. when you ran low on gas, you just oh, yeah. kept going. You ran on fumes. And no one should leave having listened to this podcast without understanding that it really is entirely up to the individual. If you could do it, they can do it, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. But you need to be determined. You need to have the force, the desire to not give up because you will have so many times when you want to give up. So many times. You have to be focused, stay focused because I cannot tell you how many opportunities I had to do some other things. And I go, no, I'm going to stick with eyebrows. I'm going to keep doing eyebrows and I want to be the best in what I do. Um, And uh, be really smart when you take business decisions. Because remember, I built an incredible business without having a CEO. Uh, so I watched every penny, every, it's not, oh, I'm so talented. I do the best eyebrows and that's enough. It's not enough. It's a 360 job that mm-hmm. you need every pie. You need to own and be involved in every single pie. So Anastasia, what is next for you? Uh, Next for me is I want to be really a global company. I want everybody around the globe to own my products, to be uh, educated, To because not only I created the products, but I love to teach women and men to, to use them properly, to get the best version of my products. And because and, I take a lot of pride in what I do. I put so much love, so much passion. It's not like, oh, let me come with another pencil. No, it doesn't work like that. (laughs) The consumer is super smart. I work for my consumer. The consumer knows the difference. You cannot fool people. You cannot fool your consumer. Uh, So I want to have a global company in every single corner of the world. Somebody should have my products. And then in the same time, I want to start the program where I I help men and women that want to get into my business, beauty business, and kind of guide them, give them the opportunity to, um, to do what their dream is, what they want to do. I, I have to give back. I can't think of anybody who could teach that better than you. And for somebody who is so beautiful on the outside, You are even more beautiful on the inside. Anastasia, I feel honored to know you and to have known you all of this time. And not just because you make my brows look awesome, but because you lift me up every time I speak to you. You are the embodiment of the American dream. And I'm honored to bring your story to our Everyone Talks to Liz listeners. Thank you. Thank you so much, Liz. I appreciate you. I appreciate all my customers. So like you, I have customers that they help me to be where I am and you are one of them. And I want to thank you because you always encourage me. So again, even if I will have a bad day, you will come and you will lift me up. I will have a bad day. I will have a lease or I will have so many customers. My every That's why I still did until five, six years ago, I did eyebrows in the salon. Because they will feed me with so much positive energy and they will keep me going. 
So it takes love and it takes, you need to give to, to, to be able to, um, to build a life and build a business and receive in the same time. And my clients, including you, did that. Thank you. I appreciate your friendship and always, always encouraging me to do even better. Thank well, you. You are the best and you are an example to uphold. Anastasia of Anastasia Brow Studios. She's global. She's going even more global. Let me know when you're in Antarctica because you're everywhere. <laughs> you're on every continent. Thanks, Anastasia. And thank you all for once again tuning in to hear these unbelievably valuable stories. I want you to look at them as fuel to reach your own dreams. I can't put it any more clearly than that, you guys. So thank you so much. And uh, check out my eyebrows and me and my business news on Fox Business Monday through Friday, 3 p.m. Eastern. I'll see you next time. This is Jimmy Fallon, inviting you to join me for Fox Across America, where we'll discuss every single one of the Democrats' dumb ideas. Just kidding. It's only a three-hour show. Listen live at noon Eastern or get the podcast at foxacrossamerica.com.